0: is the 18th of October and it's World Menopause Day, an
1: international day to recognize and raise awareness of the menopause and the support
0: available to improve health and well-being. One specific consideration is perimenopause and contraception options available. We have Roisin Santon from the Sexual Health Improvement Team and Una Curran from the Contraceptive Service
1: taking over our podcast today to highlight some of the key issues and considerations when deciding the use of contraception during perimenopause. A key consideration for women as they get older is the use of contraception. And this is particularly relevant during perimenopause. Today, we're joined by Una Korn from the contraceptive service to discuss perimenopausal contraception and why this is important. So, Ina, um, can we start um, by telling us what maybe the difference is between perimenopause and menopause?
0: Hi, Roisin. Well, thank you for asking me here today just to discuss this very important issue for women perimenopause into menopause. Typically, perimenopause is a transition time in a woman's life, and um, typically begins in the mid 40s. Though there is a range of age that that can happen, um, to late 40s, early 50s, when the natural occurring levels of oestrogen, the, the hormone that all women produce, starts to decline. Okay, and there are a range of kind of symptoms that are associated with perimenopause, and probably the first one that women might notice is that their periods may become a bit more irregular. And um, typically the, the cycle, their, the, the period between, the, the number of days between their period may shorten. Um, and they notice that they're having maybe more frequent periods. Or on the other hand, some women notice that there's a longer period of time between their periods. Other symptoms well, that, that women might notice are that they have um, those vasomotor symptoms. So what they're really, they are is the lack of hot flushes, uh, maybe night sweats. Um, You can typically have mood changes. Um, Some women experience like a lower libido and they can also have like urinary symptoms with vaginal dryness and that kind of um, issue around this time. the typical age of menopause is about 51 in the UK. As I say some women do enter menopause a lot earlier and that would be so more premature menopause before the age of 40 but typically it starts in the mid 40s and um, anywhere up into the 50s. Though some women can can actually be older when they have the the menopause symptoms. So the menopause is really defined as a period of time after a woman has had no periods for one year okay so that the woman can be pretty sure that she's through that she's menopausal then
1: so you know you mentioned there that in the perimenopausal phase that you would or could have bleeding irregularities And if you are taking a hormonal contraceptive, it can mask signs of approaching menopause, which can make it difficult to gauge when perimenopause is occurring. And so that's really why contraceptives during the perimenopausal phase is an important issue because fertility does decrease significantly, but not entirely. And you wouldn't be protected from having an unplanned pregnancy until you have actually reached true menopause.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a very good point. I think there's a lot of myths out there in relation to perimenopause and to, as to whether contraception is still required if you are if you are being advised that you are perimenopausal or you're having those symptoms. Um, because the the Faculty of Sexual and Reproductive Healthcare, which is the governing body that sort of sets standards for contraceptive services, uh, recommends that women use contraception up to the age of 55, unless it has been confirmed that they're actually through menopause. So I think, uh, you know, we do have a lot of women who maybe are a bit confused about that as to whether they still need contraception. And as I say, you know, we talked about the irregular periods and, you know, even if they are taking a method of contraception, if a woman um, notices that there's a change in her cycle and it is associated with those other symptoms we talked about, like the hot flushes, the night sweats, maybe the mood changes, that is a a good indication that that woman is most likely perimenopausal. Whilst um, you you can request a hormone profile, I think they're generally saying that there's no need to do that over the age of uh, 45, because if the woman presents with these symptoms, then you can be pretty sure that that's in the the perimenopausal uh, period. Um, but contraception, I think it, it is a big issue at this stage. And, you know, there are many factors involved with it. But, you know, as you say, over the age of 40, women are more at risk of cardiovascular um, diseases and also reproductive cancers. And while some women are planning pregnancies in their 40s, that's fine. But other women have already had their family and they, they, for them, an unplanned pregnancy could lead to possible stress or complications, and we know that you know the risk of um, fetal abnormalities and maternal uh, problems in the older age group does increase. So it is important to have a reliable method of contraception.
1: Relationship breakdown, um, repartnering, the emergence of dating apps, which are more and more much more casual relationships and informal relationships exist now. And we know that sexual intercourse occurs more frequently in new um, relationships. What we're also seeing is the rapid increase of STIs in women over 40. And the recent national survey of sexual attitudes and lifestyles research showed that one in five pregnancies conceived when the mother is age 40 years or older um, are unplanned. And 28% of those pregnancies end in termination. So it's important to highlight that only condoms will prevent against unwanted Pregnancies and STIs. And with the median age of menopause being 51 years of age in the UK, um, it's true then that some women are, are underestimating their fertility. So how do you determine, Una, which contraceptive to use in the perimenopausal phase? I
0: think, um determining what kind of contraception is suitable for an individual woman is very much, is based on assessment of that woman. And when I think of, if I'm doing a consultation with a woman who is in that kind of stage of her life, I'm sort of looking as to what her expectations of what she would want for contraception or what she feels, because as I said, a lot of women feel that they don't, they don't longer need contraception. So it's, it's kind of giving them the facts telling them that they they know they do and it's also talking about their previous use of contraception because some women have um you know an idea of what it is that they would like but it may not be suitable for them and i always ask what what are they using now as contraception if any contraception and what was their previous experience of having used contraception in the past because some women experience problems with hormonal methods of contraception, so it's important to establish that before any sort of conversation about, uh, you know, a, a new method being initiated or whatever. A lot of women aren't suitable for certain methods of contraception, so that's where a full medical assessment. And um, when, certainly, when a woman, we do remote um, consultations, and we. Have an assessment form where we go through the woman's medical history, her current medication, is she on any enzyme inducing drugs? And that basically can render some contraception ineffective. So it's important to know if the woman is using any sort of even over-the-counter medication, what prescribed medication, and what their uh, medical history is, if there's any history of you know cardiovascular risk factors. So you're looking at smoking, obesity. You know, previous problems, maybe I've had a VTA, a venous thromboembolism. These are the kind of things that we need to establish. And, um, you know, it's important to know that before we make a decision as to what methods of contraception are suitable. I suppose typically, mm-hmm. um, you know, women in their in their perimenopause uh, phase, you know, often choose to go for an intrauterine uh, form of contraception. So either the likes of the the Marina uh, intrauterine system, or sometimes uh, the Kyleena, which is a newer um, device, which is similar to the Marina but has less than half the hormone. So the benefits of that is that it will provide effective contraception is over 99% effective, but it also can help with women's periods. And while um, there's no research to say that it does help with menopausal symptoms, anecdotally, women do, do sort of, you know, let us know that their experiences, that they feel that that has helped them with some of the perimenopausal symptoms. So, um, you know, that is one of the methods that women, you know, often choose. But as I say, it it, it is based really around an individual assessment Lifestyle factors, uh, you know, what they're willing to accept. Because with any sort of contraception, there is a, a period of time where it needs to settle, and you may have like an increase in symptoms of like irregular bleeding, staining, and that kind of thing. So women need to be well informed of what, you know, the efficacy of the method is, what the main side effects are, how it works, but also the non-contraceptive benefits of having, um, you know, that particular method. And it's really, as I say, it's all very individual. And that's why we do a full uh, medical history before we, we decide in, in partnership with that woman as to what she would like.
1: Perimenopause does offer someone uh, an appropriate time to maybe review their kind of contraceptive method that they've used in the past um, and how appropriate and safe that method is. You know, no method of con- contraceptive is, in- is contraindicated. By age alone, just because up, I think it's up onto the age of 50, isn't that right? Yeah. Um, however, you know, obviously after the age of 40, you would have an increase in comorbidities, which then does limit, you know, what contraceptive choices are available to you. I suppose that would be then a consideration so that you would need to have, I suppose, that consultation with the likes of yourself to really review all aspects. Um, So in your consultation with women to decide which contraceptive choice is most suitable for them, is there anything else that they should um, maybe consider?
0: Yeah, I think that's actually a very good point because... one thing I didn't mention was that when we do our assessment with the woman, we're looking at the whole kind of history of cervical, their history of cervical smears, whether they've had abnormal smears in the past or they've, uh, you know, attended colposcopy and had treatment. That's very important to know that. We like them normally to have an up-to-date smear, which is important. Some women uh, are unsuitable for certain methods of contraception and we always look into the, you know, any sort of gangy any history, if a woman has a history of fibroids or maybe problems with their uterus, um, it's important for us to know that. If a woman presents and she's indicating that she's had a big change in her menstrual bleeding, whether she's experiencing heavy menstrual bleeding, um, post-coital bleeding, bleeding in between the periods, which is not Uh, normal for them then we would always uh, you know recommend that woman would go back maybe and discuss that with her GP because she may need referral to have any sort of gynecological pathology ruled out because it's important that is uh, before you know any method of contraception because you don't want to start a method and that could mask symptoms of something which is more needs further assessment.
1: So Una if you were commencing long-acting reversible contraceptives such as a coil, you would be offered an STI screen. Yes.
0: Yeah. We, we, what we normally would do is if a woman is attending for um, she looks she's looking a coil, so she's looking a ring, coil, a copper coil. What we do is we it is recommended that every woman should have an STI screen before she has. Um, a coil fitted and just what you said uh, Roshan, you know the the number of stis in that age group because of maybe they're in a new relationship is it is on the increase so and um, it would be very important before a woman has a coil fitted that we know that you know she's had the sti spring so we do recommend that So um, we do promote, you know, the SH24, the website for them to be able to order their own kit to check that. Um, And sometimes if it's suitable, and if it's not suitable, we can do the the swab in the clinic. But as I say, because we're not doing a face-to-face consultation, it's so much easier to do that. We're very fortunate in that we have the, the UK Medical Eligibility Criteria which is a set of guidelines that all health professionals refer to uh, for a woman who is presents with a condition, which we're not quite sure whether that method would be suitable for that woman. So it's, a, it's very um, easy to use. So, uh, you know, in, if we tell the woman that that's not suitable, then you can back that up with research to say that, you know, that method is suitable for you because I've checked that. And it's divided into four categories, basically, and category one is where there are no limitations and that, you know, it's acceptable to use that. Number two would be where the advantages of using that method outweigh the disadvantages, so it still is acceptable. And number three requires further assessment by someone who has more specialist knowledge and contraception. Um, And then number four is an unacceptable health risk. If that woman were to commence that contraception, that means that that's not suitable for them whatsoever. So, um, you know, we do have guidelines that we can refer to, and it it does help when we're we're faced with women who have certain conditions, certain problems, who are on medication, we can look at that.
1: It's excellent to have that robust and evidence-based guidance at hand then you know and i'm sure that makes a huge difference you know whenever you're trying to talk to somebody about maybe the reasons for and against starting certain contraceptives especially maybe if their knowledge of contraceptives is somewhat limited or they're fairly used to a specific one and maybe have reservations about changing their method of um, contraception especially as they as they age
0: i think i think what you said is right because You know, there is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of talk in the media about, you know, coil fitting and how painful that is. And and recently that has come up. Um, And I think we need to allay the fears of women and to tell them that, you know, it, it, of course, it can be uncomfortable, but there are ways and needs to manage that and that, um, uh, you know, a full assessment. If you explain what the procedure will involve, um, because a lot of it is that you, you're just, you know, there's a fear factor there as to what that would involve. They've always used a pill. They don't want to change from a pill to a coil because they're afraid that it might hurt or, or whatever. So it's very important to reassure the woman. I always try to reassure them. And I suppose it's being honest with the woman as well, because say, if, if it wasn't, if you were to, uh, Attend the clinic and the fitting wasn't successful, then we do have referral pathways where we can refer those women for a more specialist service that, you know, if there was a difficulty that it was fitting the coils. But I mean, you know, normally it, it's straightforward, but I think it's very much talking about not only how the method works, how you will feel after you have the, the, whatever method it is that you choose, be that an implant or, or a coil or whatever, you know, that, you know, there's a period of settling in and always having an open channel to them so they can contact the clinic if there's any problems with their contraception.
1: If you are deciding to stop using contraceptives as you get older, I suppose, what would your advice be then?
0: My advice would be that, um, especially if you're in that perimenopausal phase where you are experiencing symptoms of menopause, um, you know, and you're not quite sure whether you should stop your contraception, you know, the advice is that really should use contraception up to the age of 55 because every woman is different. And, you know, the chances of spontaneous pregnancy after the age of 50 are pretty, pretty low, but you can't rule it out. So I think it's it's very much to uh, give them the correct information to say that this is, you know, research based would say that you should use contraception to the age of 55, unless, of course, you've been told that you are through menopause. And, and that's a different, that's a different scenario. And as I say, um, we would always just say, you know, just, to err on the side of caution and to be used in contraception um, and a reliable method of contraception.
1: So the bottom line is then, Una, <laughs> that you need to use an effective and safe method of contraception if you want to avoid pregnancy and that you also need to use a barrier method such as condoms to avoid unwanted STIs.
0: Yeah, I, I would like to just, you know, mention that you know, the peri- there's a lot of talk about the perimenopause and the menopause, and, you know, a lot of women have, you know, they're worried about that. They're worried about their symptoms. They're they're thinking this is not normal, but to be, you know, supposed to reassure women that, you know, this is a normal phase. It may not seem normal and, and feel normal, but it definitely, it is a, a phase in a woman's life where things are changing, but there are lots of sources of support out there and information, and I suppose we deal specifically with contraception, so that's where our expertise lies. Um, but I would say, I mean, I, I I know from my own experience of going into immediate menopause at the age of 45 after a hysterectomy, it can be very daunting and it can be worrying time and you just, you need lots of support. Look up all of the information and advice. And I think, you know, um, as I say, contraception is only one aspect of that, but it's an important aspect.
1: If someone wants to get in touch with the contraceptive service, how is the best way to do that?
0: Well, we do have, um, you know, you can contact our service. There's a single access number. Um, It's 02837 562200. Those lines are open for booking um, on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Friday. So, and if a woman finds it difficult to get through, because we've heard that before, maybe several people trying to get through, they can email us on contraception at southerntrust.hscni.net and we will pick that up. We're happy to answer any queries.
1: Okay, Una, thanks again for all your time. If you need additional information, you can find the Trust Menopause Policy on SharePoint or click on the link below to access menopause resources on Matter.